I can't remember what it was I was filling out. Some kind of survey or form, I suppose. And one of the questions was, favorite quote? I thought of so many. I mean, jeez. But at the end, I chose governing a large country is like cooking a small fish. I knew it would be a conversation starter. When Lao Tzu, the author, according to ancient wisdom of the Tao Te Ching, wrote those words, he did so as an act of profound protest against a corrupt government and society. He wrote and his followers wrote and taught in an age of war and disconnection, an age of greed and inequality, when people were searching for a sense of meaning beyond more power, more stress, and more violence. Governing a large country, it's like cooking a small fish. People in Lao Tzu's time, some 2,500 years ago or so, they thought that to rule the empire, you needed to be special and intelligent and skillful and powerful. There was court intrigue and power plays and gossip, and there were rumors of war and actual war and bureaucracy and self-dealing and bribery and all the rest. Lao Tzu, the archivist of the Royal Library, had had enough. And on his way out of town, he was asked to give the wisdom he had, which was written down. He said, you've got it all wrong. Leadership isn't a matter of technique or power over others. It isn't about getting richer or getting more esteem. It definitely isn't about violence. Leadership is about following the Tao, the sacred way, about staying true to the center, the center that flows through all things. It's about integrity, restraint, and service to others. The best leader puts their people first and themselves last. They are so calm that people forget they are even there. They act with restraint, with care and deliberation in accordance with spiritual principles of kindness and decency and foresight. That's what Lao Tzu taught 2,500 years ago. It's really too bad his teachings have nothing to say about our time at all. Last May, when I went to plan the worship year, I thought, ah, we'll begin our month on authority and leadership with my favorite quote, governing a large country is like cooking a small fish. And I knew last May, when I planned this out, that, that the so-called president would continue to illustrate every day the opposite of leadership, hubris instead of humility, selfishness instead of service, rashness instead of restraint. But I had no idea that he would show his moral and strategic incompetence so vividly just two days before it was time to preach. Another section of the Tao Te Ching reminds us that force rebounds and that swords lead to swords. The story of violence has a beginning. Trauma feeds trauma. Violence feeds violence. Lao Tzu knew it 2,500 years ago. 
The government that is currently in power in Iran is there because we, this country, the United States, toppled a moderately, moderate, democratically elected leader because he dared to suggest charging Americans and Britons more money to take his country's oil. Not even turning off the spigot, just charging more money. So instead, we installed a brutal puppet dictator who murdered his people at our bequest until he was overthrown by a coalition of students and religious leaders. Then we supported a brutal dictator in the neighboring country in his war against that new government until that dictator got too greedy for his own power and we devastated that country, left a power vacuum, and generally acted like invading barbarians, ignorant of context and history and oblivious to obvious consequences. The more things change. Our actions in that part of the world have been disastrous for decades. This isn't a sermon about Iran or really even about the president. But his behavior in ours as a country is an apt illustration of the dangers of spiritually ungrounded leadership. When you forget your center, when you ignore deeper values, when you try to impress instead of be present, when you talk more than you listen, and when you act from anger and rage, this is what you get. This is what you get. But the reason this isn't a sermon about the dangerous malevolence of the president or this nation's history of God-awful violence is because that's too easy. It's too easy to point and say, what an awful leader. He should go read the Tao Te Ching. Well, sure. But really, that's a fat one right over the plate. And we can do better. Because another piece of that ancient wisdom is to spend less time blaming and praising others and more time looking inward and considering your own acts of leadership, your own integrity, spiritual grounding, and sense of service. Because if governing a large country is like cooking a small fish, then both of them are important. Part of the reason our country's leaders are so bad at their job is because too few of us do ours as well as we need to. To live our own lives in accordance with our highest values, to operate out of our calm center, the power that flows through all things, instead of out of our fear and our neediness and our desire for control, this is our work. So turn away from the shiny object and let's look at our own hearts our own acts of leadership, and how we might claim our authority and power in a way that is moral and life-giving and wise. Peter Block, in our reading, says we need to turn away from the question of what will make us feel safe and toward the question of identifying our unique gifts and bringing them to the adventure that is before us. This requires courage, incredible courage, because our unique gift, being grounded in the flowing spirit, acting out of our genuine heart, all that, it means taking off the masks. The masks of confidence, of performance, of righteousness. It means taking off the masks. Because the first and most important gift we have to bring is ourselves. This is the vital lesson which Piggy must learn in The Marvelous Story by Mo Willems. Elephant doesn't need a 
clown or a cowboy or even a robot to feel better. He needs his friend, his authentic friend. What we need from each other is each other. What the world needs from us is us, our genuine heart. But moving through the world without a mask on, that's terrifying. The world doesn't, it's not always kind to people who are clear about who they are and who present their real self with their vulnerabilities on display. The world says instead that we have to cultivate our, we have to present our cultivated persona, our Instagrammed selfie. Take it from a high angle, right? You gotta take it from up here, right? God forbid we have a visible neck. <laughs> now, isn't it interesting that it's our neck, one of the most vulnerable places in our body that we are most concerned about showing when we share a picture of ourselves? Isn't it interesting? No, instead of showing our real selves, we show people the mask, the clown, the cowboy, the robot, the authority figure. Now, this is tricky. There's a caution here because when you're a leader, and, and all of us are leaders, whether we claim our authority or not, we all lead our own lives and we influence the lives of others. That's what it means to be a leader. When you're a leader, you want to make sure that you lead in service to others, not for yourself. Leading might bring you a sense of meaning and joy, but you don't do it for that purpose alone. You do it for the mission and for the sake of your love of others. So it's not about you. It's not about you. You can't take everything personally. You have to be aware of how others perceive you. You have to know what that's about. But you have to also be authentic. Ministers think about this question explicitly. We talk about it all the time. One of the watchwords we learn in seminary is the pulpit is not a confessional. <laughs> or more vividly, don't bleed all over your people. <laughs> there are other ways that saying goes too. It's good advice, it seems wise. But you have to balance that with authenticity. Be true to yourself, and remember it's not about you. But this isn't just true for people who do my job. It's true for all of us. Be true to yourself, but remember it's not all about you. Be authentic, and remember to be in service to something larger than yourself. Whether you're a parent or a teacher, a volunteer, a mayor, or in sales or healthcare, or just trying to be a good friend when your friend is sad. Your task is to be both real and be of service. How? How do you do that? My own sense in alignment with Lao Tzu's teaching is that this requires spiritual practice, spiritual grounding, spiritual values. Notice, please, that I do not mean religious orthodoxy. In fact, Lao Tzu is clear, and I agree, that displaying your religious credentials can get in the way of being spiritually grounded. We've all seen that, haven't we? Instead of performing religion to impress others, the invitation is to engage in deep reflection and meditation and calming and centering practices that help you notice and attend to what is real, 
the Tao, the flowing spirit, God, your own true heart, the clarity of conscience, whatever you call that, however you understand that, that matters less than that you take the time to figure out how it pulls you, what it sings to you, what direction it gives. We rush from mask to mask, from performance to performance, and forget to take the time to hear that deeper wisdom. One of the ways that systems keep leaders from success is by constantly demanding more and more and more and more. By piling on more diverse and distinct responsibilities, more distractions and diversions. Whenever you're trying to live your true values and be brave enough to take off the mask and also be in genuine service to others, whenever you're trying to do that, it becomes harder and harder the more bells and whistles sound around you. It's hard to remember what's important. It's hard to tell the signal from the noise. This is another way in which governing a large country is like cooking a small fish. It's not hard to cook a small fish if it's the only thing you're doing. Clean it, little oil, little butter, little heat, some spices, and done. But if you're also cooking rice and vegetables and your toddler is mad that they can't do it all by myself, mommy, and your phone is blowing up with notifications and the TV is blaring about the disaster in the other room, well, try not to burn the fish. Good luck. Cutting through the clutter, finding what your job is, your unique gift for the adventure that is before us. This is the spiritual work. It is about remembering to try to find the sacred and the mundane. And it is about remembering that you yourself are holy, and so are the others that you serve and lead with and are led by. It's about breathing in and breathing out. Good leadership, like the good life, is anchored by spiritual practice. Those activities that connect you to your center, that help you be kind and generous and wise, and that help you have the courage to take off the mask, claim your adventure, be present, and real. The good news is that the reason we call it spiritual practice is that it gets easier with practice. You don't flip a switch and all of a sudden you've got it. You do it and then you do it again and then you keep working at it and it gets easier. Not easy, but easier. I understood all these concepts intellectually. I had read about them. When I began this profession, age 23, a ministerial intern, I understand them a lot better now, 20 years later, still learning. I'm better at the it's not about me part than I am about the take off the masks part, to be honest with you. But you keep practicing. It's the most important work. Not leading. That's not the most important work. Being real. That's the most important work. And if you are real, then leadership will come. You can learn techniques, but they can't replace realness. They can't replace wisdom, staying grounded in the center. This is what matters in the end for leadership and for life. Not trophies or accolades, not whether you won or lost or even played, but the life you led, the friends you made, and most of all, the love you shared. When you come to the end of the road, 
that's what matters. And when you set out to build a new way, that's what matters. And when you come down where you ought to be and wake to the vision of love and service, that's what matters. It isn't complicated. It's hard. It's not complicated. Live with integrity. Bring your true self. Serve others with love. No matter how large of a role you have this day or any day, you have influence on the world that we share, and your leadership matters. Your life matters, and your choices matter. Live with integrity. Bring your true self. Serve others with love. Do great things with as much care and intention as you do small things. Do all things with love and purpose, and in this way, may we build a better world than the one we know. And may we reward leadership that serves love until day by day this hurting planet toward love and peace. The work is urgent. It matters greatly. And so it matters as we begin this pivotal year in human history and our history. It matters that we do it with deep breaths, clear hearts, wise souls. It's urgent, matters greatly. So we must lead now and in the days to come, beginning not with others, but with ourselves, building the new way, living a life that speaks for us. I invite you to rise in body or spirit. We're going to sing together, building a new way.